You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 262, Feng Shui Qi Forecast for February 2024. Welcome to episode 262 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online. Visit us at mindfuldesignschool.com. You can sign up for our mailing list. There's an opt-in page in the show notes on your podcast app. It's also on our website at mindfuldesignschool.com slash join. And we hope you'll join our mailing list because we have free opportunities and events like we just did a free feng shui basics video series with homework at the end of last year through January that was only available for our newsletter subscribers and and also like two special calls just for our newsletter subscribers and you get invitations to those only by being on our newsletter list so we hope you will join if you're not already on there so this month we are doing our regular February cheap monthly forecast. And Laura is going to begin with the key dates. Yes. Welcome to February, everyone that is a regular monthly chief forecast listener. Our key solar dates are February 4th is the beginning of spring. So this is actually the first Chinese solar date. This is when the solar terms begin and it's the first official arrival of spring, beginning of spring. So it is the first of all 24, but when I say, you know, beginning of spring, a lot of people are probably sitting there looking out their window on February the 4th, thinking that this there's nothing spring-like about what I'm seeing. But we have to remember that, you know, where this calendar and these solar terms were developed thousands of years ago in China, different signs of spring. So you have to take into account, first of all, it's the Northern Hemisphere. Second of all, looking at the geographic location and climate that you are in and you recognize your own signs of spring's arrival. And it doesn't mean it's the peak of spring. It means it's the tipping point into when you will start to see subtle shifts and signs that spring is going to be coming, that the wood chi of spring is starting to develop. And one of the signs, you know, for instance, where I live in Canada, when I'm in Canada, it is a time where you'll get these rain, these thaw, thaw snow kind of times. And it'll be like a thaw will happen sort of in February, but then we'll get snow again. In the next solar term, which is February the 19th, so two weeks later, is called rainwater or constant rain. And it is a very wet time of year. It's damp, it's wet, it's cold, it's, you know, slushy rains in some climates. You don't get snow, but what you do is get a lot of rain. And it's actually a time where you can get the most snow in some parts because the weather is warming up a little bit and it makes it a little bit easier for the precipitation to stay and it's not going to evaporate. So in rainwater or constant rain, I mean, notice where you are 
if the ice is cracking rivers and lakes if you happen to live in a place where you can observe that they're going to thaw and all of that melt it goes into the groundwater and it's really helpful for later on we remember these terms were developed and created for farmers right for agricultural planning for cultural festival planning and so when that water is and that snow is melting it's important because it's going to fill cisterns it's going to fill wells that groundwater is really important for later on when the farmers need it when it starts to get drier in the summer months so Yes, it is still February and it's still really cold in a lot of places, but it is actually, in the solar terms, the arrival of spring. Another thing I like to look at this time of year is taking a look at what your plants are doing if you have plants. You will actually see that your plant will start to sprout more. The days are getting longer. They're getting more sun. And that's one of my indoor signs is, is looking at the new shoots that are finally coming for my plants. The full moon for February is on the 24th. And again, it is called the snow moon. So historically, historical names are snow moon, hunger moon, a lot of yin energy still, right? But the idea is that there's something moving underground, that the ground is warming, that the wood chi is stirring. And it's called the snow moon on average in North America. February is actually the snowiest month, according to the National Weather Service. I did not know that. You know, when you think about why it's called the snow moon in February, because it is starting to get a little bit warmer, the precipitation, it's on the cusp. And so, you know, in that zone where you can get more snow. So again, still a lot of yin chi in the month of February, but wood chi is stirring. And Angie, what else is happening this month? It's a big month. We've only been talking about it for like ever and a million times. Yeah. So we have the Lunar New Year, which is on February 10th. The Lunar New Year corresponds with the new moon. And so it's also the beginning of the spring festival for millions around the world in Asia. They celebrate the spring festival and it may appear from your perspective that it's not yet spring. And so why are we celebrating the spring festival? And from the Asian perspective, we want to recognize when the chi is shifting before you can see it. So there's a great emphasis on the invisible. The chi is already moving. Laura and I tell you guys so often that chi for this new year already starts shifting in the fall. And it's before you can see it. And even when I practice flower arranging at Cabana, one might think a flower in full bloom is the peak, but really that's on its way out because it's just about to expire. When it's all the way open, it's actually just about to expire. So there's a great emphasis on also recognizing the potential. So the potential of that chi is honored as much as the most showy parts of the chi, right? So we want to value the hidden part of the energy as well as the visible part of the energy. So the Lunar New Year also comes at, you know, this new moon where the moon is dark in the sky and then it, the spring festival culminates in the full moon when it's the brightest and it represents like the promise of spring and this new life coming. So we hope a lot of you will be joining us for our Lunar New Year reset and we do a special celebration 
every Lunar New Year, and we've been doing it, I think, six or seven years now. And so Laura and I will be teaching a live class and there'll be a recording available. So if you're interested in that, there'll be something in the show notes where you could sign up for our Lunar New Year Reset Program to welcome the Year of the Dragon on February 10th. And there's a coupon code for our podcast listeners. It's Dragon Year and that's 50% off and there'll be a link in the show notes. Also for this month, we typically tell you like the animal, the zodiac animal that corresponds to the month. So it's tiger month in February. And so that means that it's a really compatible energy and chi for those born in the year of the horse, the year of the dog and the year of the pig. And for those born in the year of the monkey and the snake, they could take a little bit of extra care to protect their chi and to rest and be a bit careful. So... The chi overall of this month for February is new beginning of spring, this slow, as Angie was saying, unseen stirring of the potential of great new beginnings of spring to come. So yes, there is still a lot of yin energy, but yang is continuing to increase. The earth is thawing and the wood chi is pushing up through, even if you can't see it, there is that potential for growth. So it's a really hopeful time, even if it still is cold. I think everyone feels this stirring and this desire to sort of start something new or feeling that wood cheese. So it's a kind of a, it's a really interesting transition month. So each month, we don't only talk about the energy of the month, but we also give you a reading. We do a divination reading, Angie, this month is doing an I Ching reading. So this month I asked, what does the Holistic Spaces podcast listener community need to hear today to best receive supportive energy, supportive chi for February 2024? And the first hexagram we received is Khan Water Over Lake Dway, and that's hexagram 60, Restricting and Limitations, and that has a changing line that changes it into hexagram 19, promotion or approaching, which is earth kun over lake dway, which is also kind of interesting because when I was reading about hexagram 19, it's actually about this exact time of year. It's the end of winter and early spring. So that's interesting. So going back to our first hexagram, which is six number 60, restricting and limitations, that tells us about what's happening in our lives or in the energy around us at this moment. So hexagram 60 talks about the idea that we can begin to examine how there are ways and tendencies for us as humans to overconsume, and that we sometimes tend to deplete our natural resources. And this can be looked at from the environmental perspective, first of all, right? So that's a big thing that we're, a lot of us hopefully are looking at is how are we as human beings on this planet depleting our natural resources? And then we can also look at it in a personal way. So we can look in the big view, but we can also see how that affects us personally. And one way that stood out to me is that we also can overuse our own natural resources. Like we maybe stay up longer than we need to, we don't sleep enough. 
or we use up all our energy as much as we can and drink coffee and overstimulate ourselves and then really deplete our natural resources and chi. And then we start to feel overwhelmed. And just like we as a person, you know, you as a person can become overwhelmed with too many tasks or too much work or overwork or overthinking or rumination. Our environment or our homes or the energy around us can also be depleted and overwhelmed by overuse. So this this particular hexagram challenges us to look at how we can instead set limitations and restrict ourselves. And it gives the visual of the joints of bamboo. So if you can visualize a stalk of bamboo, it's not just one long stalk like a typical tree. It actually has knuckles and joints because it grows and then there's a joint and then it grows and then it's a joint. And that's a visual of like how limitations can offer a lot more growth and capacity because bamboo is the fastest growing tree in the world, right? And I think that we need to hear as a podcast listener community, because the question was like, what do we need to hear to best receive supportive energy for February is to know, especially during this time when we're shifting to this wood energy of spring, that we can give ourselves limitations, even though maybe we feel that we are obligated to give more and more, take on more and more responsibility, or that we have this fear where we want to take more than we need. How can we avoid excess and and our focus on materialism and really instead look carefully at what is it that we really need? What can we leave behind for the future? What can we leave for our grandchildren? Do we need to harvest all of the fish in the lake? No, because then there'll be nothing left. So we have to think sustainably and also sustainably with our own levels of chi. For instance, if we baked a lot of bread and we just held it and kept it to ourselves, it would just go bad while others starve. So instead, how can we really look at this idea of reciprocity? How can we start to create limitations? And like, and you know, maybe Laura can chime in on this part. One of the books also talked about how artists also benefit from limitations. Like, and I know like in my work as an architect and as a designer, and in any kind of artistic work, having limitations is actually really fun. It's like, for instance, like you can like limit yourself to only using like a certain palette of colors or, you know, I did something where I'd go out to the East River and take a picture at the same time each day. And it gives you ways to explore. And Laura, I don't know if you have anything you want to share on that. Yeah, I think sometimes it can be overwhelming if you don't have guidelines. And also these are exercises for artists when you challenge yourself in a certain way and use limitations to work with materials, colors, or something in a, in restrict yourself in that way, you are challenging yourself to look at it completely differently. And maybe you end up doing something in a different way that you would have never done given no gut, like given, oh, just do whatever. And it it challenges you to become a better artist in many ways. I know when I was working with 
you know, with my teacher, they would say, okay, you know, where you're only going to, you know, monochromatic, or you have to, you know, never lift your pen up when you're drawing or something like that, you know, these little exercises that we do. And I didn't, you know, you don't really like them at times, because they're hard, and you don't produce this, like, the best piece of work. But again, these are ways for you to shift and sort of get a new perspective so that when you do take those limits off, you produce something completely different. So I, I think that there is in everything we do. And Angie, when you were talking about us moving into this wood chi, wood energy is really do, 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 right? Go, 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 do, do, do a lot. And so for many people in, especially in North American society, it's really, it's sort of, you know, you're, if you aren't like that, if you aren't always kind of thinking about what I have to, what's my next move? What am I supposed to be doing next? You're somehow failing. And I know that that's something that I'm, you know, trying to deal with is like, no, you can just like not do that. You don't always need to be woody. So I think moving into this spring energy, it's nice to actually put limitations on yourself and be okay with that. Yeah. And actually, you know, most of you are listening because you're interested in feng shui. I don't think you would be listening if you weren't. And feng shui itself and also the design work that I do with people's homes, there's a limitation there that it's a, it's a, it's a structure. It happens within a home or it happens within a built space. And there's limitations. Like it needs to stand up. It needs to be in this world. Or even like an artist who's a painter, your limitations are maybe your canvas, what materials you can use for a canvas, what materials that you can use to paint on a canvas. Although you could get creative, you would you can't just use anything because it may not last and it may not stick. It may not be color fast. So so these limitations give us guidance. And it's not about binding yourself. It's about creating boundaries, which I think we can all benefit from. And this leads us to the next hexagram, which gives us insight on a possible outcome. And that was 19 promotion and it's called promotion or approaching. And the interesting part was like the, I was reading in the I Ching that this particular hexagram describes this time of year, the end of winter and early spring, where new things emerge. And when you do, and this is in relationship to the first hexagram, when you do offer yourself boundaries, set limitations, you really investigate what it is that you need and look at how to not deplete your natural resources, a lot of growth will actually emerge. So it maybe seems counterintuitive, but if we think about like if you plant a seed in the ground, the seed goes underneath the soil and you actually need to have some kind of pressure from the soil on top of the seed for the seed to push against, for it to, to emerge. Like I was sprouting some seeds in a jar and I was reading that it's very helpful to have the pressure of other seeds pressing against it because the seed needs something to push against. It needs some kind of limitation in order to really, to really emerge and to unfurl. So, so that's what this second hexagram is talking about. And then when you do set your limitations, you will begin to create these new ideas and new things will emerge. And 
you'll eventually somehow through that, you will be an example and a leader for others because what you do, what your actions are, your chi, your words, all of those matter. And I think sometimes people forget that, that they try to just yell and be as loud as possible and take as much as they can. But really, I think there's quite a value with the quiet person in the room, the mysterious, someone who leaves a little bit more to mystery. And that makes a huge impact. So again, it's that idea of like, what's invisible and what is like so blatantly obvious, right? So there's a, a teaching here that when you set limitations and you focus also on what may seem invisible, actually what you do is you leave you, you send out vibrations that really affect people on a deep level and that people pay attention to that. And you actually can create a lot more change. You're not invisible because you become a part of a community and you set an example. And so from these limitations, there can blossom so much dynamic inner growth that others will begin to see. And then that can lead to confidence and greatness and opportunities and a lot of potential for a leadership and doing it in a way that it does not have to be the loud, brash way, but instead with quiet confidence and really gathering that admiration from others. So how can we work with this energy? Now, Angie's given us the reading. She's brought up a bunch of ideas and things to think about. And so having you know talked a bit about the energy of the wood chi coming in and that 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 sometimes things aren't seen and it's under the snow right now or you're just seeing early signs you know that's a way to work with it really you can just look at what's happening and we always say this like honor what's going on where you are take a look at the signs of the arrival of spring where you are take a walk go look at it watch the snow melt I don't know, just, you know, actually look at what is happening around you. That's one. But then there's other things that we can do with more personal chi work and feng shui work in our home. And one of the things I was thinking about, so for a feng shui, for something that you can do in your home that kind of connects with these ideas and maybe embodies some of these concepts is working with the boundaries of your home, you know, understanding we I've been doing a lot of thinking and and sort of talking and writing about really loving the home that you have and honoring the home that you have and not constantly obsessing about having to get something bigger, better, whatever. What you have, where this home that you have, the boundaries, the walls, you know, work with it, work within those boundaries, love what is within those walls. And, you know, maybe even, be, you know, and here comes the the Lunar New Year, and we're going to be talking a lot about that. For those of you that are going to join us, we're going to talk about, you know, ways that you can honor the Lunar New Year. But a one simple way to do it is why don't you sweep along the edges of your home? Really see what you know, you can get a sense of your whole home and honoring those boundaries. So sweep around. It's also a good thing to do around this time of year anyway, with the arrival of spring and with the Lunar New Year. That's one thing. And then another thing I was thinking about, which Angie, we were talking about 
as well personally is give yourself limitations. Limitations can sometimes equal peace, equal less, equal space in your life. When you say no to something or give yourself a limitation, you know, you've given yourself in in many ways space. And so don't always think as limitations as being something that you're not attaining, but rather that you've gained something from it. And so I was thinking, you know, I don't know, give yourself a limitation or something that you feel will bring you peace. Turn off your phone at night and don't look at it till, I don't know, 6 a.m. Go to bed by a certain time. Things like that, you know, all... Give yourself for the month of February, play around with some limitations that you obviously limit something in your life that you already do in order to make more space. So just for the listeners to know, Laura and I are in different time zones right now. And I texted her at 4 a.m. and she told me, Angie, you need to have better sleep hygiene. You need to turn your phone off and have it turn on by six. So so she's speaking from recent uh, experience mm-hmm. between the two of us. So so I can definitely take that advice. And you know what Laura was talking about, loving your home really reminds me of a, something that they teach in Buddhism that suffering comes from the human condition where we have this tendency to want things to always be different than they are. So it's not accepting what we have, rejecting what we have and wanting what we don't have. And that is what causes a great deal of suffering in our lives. Simply like, how can you be grateful for what it is you have? And since we're talking about feng shui a lot here, one way to begin that's really helpful is to look at your home, look at your home you know, do you have this desire to never accept it and you always want it to change? And that's never ending. That will never end. Mm -hmm. And so appreciating what you have is quite a gift. And and of course, it doesn't mean that one should not improve and you can make improvements, but there, but I think we can also under, you know, really understand what that means, right? Like be serious, like understand, we understand like always having a constant discontentment with life. Mm -hmm. And then we can always think about a friend too, who's always discontent with everything. And what kind of chi does that like create? How does, do you want to be around that kind of energy? No, we don't want to be around someone who's constantly complaining about every single, like the food isn't good enough. The room isn't good enough. The weather isn't good enough, you know? So instead, like, how can we be be pleased and and be appreciative and grateful about what we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you have any? No, I think that's thoughts? good. No, I was just, you know, I I think, and I, we might have even talked about this last. I know there was a we did a a post about this, and it was actually pretty popular. It was just, you know, honor the home that you have, the boundaries that it gives you, the walls that support you. A lot of times people come to this practice because they want to improve. It must be better. I must be doing something wrong. So, you know, encouraging our listeners to fall in love with the home that you have, buy a new candle, get a bouquet of flowers and buy it for your home and, and, you know, bring it home, honor your home, thank your home for the walls that support you for that, you know, those boundaries that it gives you from the outside world. And just as Angie was saying, you know, just be content and there's nothing wrong with being content. Being content and happy is a really peaceful place to be. Well, 
thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every week for a new episode. If you like our podcast, please share it with others, subscribe, leave a review, join our mailing list, check out our courses, and we hope we'll see you at the Lunar New Year event. And if you're listening to this after Lunar New Year, after February 10th, the course will be available for another month so you can still watch the recording and it's still really effective to do the personal space clearing and the meditations and the visualizations for at least a month but the recording will be available for a month after after February 10th and thank you so much we really are so grateful for all of our listeners speaking about gratitude and we'll see you next week